0: Guyana is a tiny nation, home to just more than 800,000 people. This small South American country, though, has been making big headlines.
1: Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro and Guyana President Arfan Ali met in the Caribbean yesterday. Tensions
2: between South American neighbors, Venezuela and Guyana, escalated this week over a
3: century-old territorial dispute. As Venezuela threatens to annex more than half of the country of Guyana.
0: Yes, Venezuela wants to annex Essequibo part of Guyana. Why? A one word answer to this is oil.
4: So it's all about the oil. Since 2015 discovery by Exxon Mobil, as you you uh, noted, uh, there's enormous wealth there. And Guyana has been in the last three years, his, their standard of living has skyrocketed uh, with this newfound source of wealth.
5: This discovery has made has made it seem more attractive to Venezuela to pursue Uh, this course of action.
1: Venezuela has laid claim to this for more than 100 years. Venezuela, even though they have 300 billion barrels of proven reserves in Venezuela that they can't manage to drill on their own, they would like to lay claim to this area as well. So this is why there's been a rising tension, escalation.
0: Amid rising tensions with Venezuela, Guyana has become the world's fastest growing economy, recording the world's highest real GDP growth rate in 2022, and that happened again in 2023.
2: Guyana is at a crossroads in its history. It is about to become one of the most exciting and important oil producing countries in the world. And that matters a great deal, both for the Guyanese people and also for the United States, which will be heavily impacted by the growth of Guyanese oil production and by the trajectory that Guyana takes over the next 10 to 15 years, whether oil boom happens or whether it suffers an oil bust.
0: Everything changed for Guyana, a country the size of Idaho, in 2015.
1: ExxonMobil says it has made a significant oil discovery off the coast of Guyana.
2: Guyana joined the ranks of the world's oil producers for the first time on Friday, as US oil company ExxonMobil said it began
6: producing crude off the coast of the South American country. Exxon made a major discovery that then led to a string of discovery after discovery after discovery. And at that time, uh, Guyana, like many of the countries that we work with, had only a couple people in government who really were familiar with the oil and gas sector. And so had to quickly ramp up its capacity in order to oversee this rapidly growing sector. They started drilling in 2019, started producing in 2019. So production has gone from basically zero to Almost,
0: uh, well, it'll be 600,000 barrels a day of oil by the end of next year, and that production is going to double to almost 1.2 million barrels by the end of 2027. So the growth trajectory has been tremendous. The only English speaking country in South America has been witnessing tremendous economic growth since the discovery of oil. This chart from the International Monetary Fund shows how its GDP has skyrocketed since it began pumping oil in 2019
6: really massive changes to the economy in the last two years, and we're expecting that to continue for
5: the foreseeable future. It's a moment of of great excitement in the, in, the, in the economic landscape of the country. The challenge though, it's really too tied to the oil and gas industries.
2: Guyana is one of the great success stories in the oil industry in the Western Hemisphere of the last 10 years. It has gone from being a relatively impoverished, poorer country, to one of the richest countries in south america on a per capita basis and it stands to increase its wealth as it continues to grow its oil production
0: this is the map of guyana and this region is called Essequibo, which makes up two-thirds of the total land venezuela claims this region as part of its territory even after the dispute was resolved by an international tribunal all the way back in 1899. Ever since the oil discovery in Guyana in 2015, Nicolas Maduro-led Venezuela has been very vocal about annexing this region. The escalation raised eyebrows when Venezuela held a referendum in December to seek approval to take over the area. However, a few days later, leaders of both countries met and agreed not to use force or threaten one another in the dispute.
4: We are a peace-abiding country and people. We have no other ambition than to pursue the peaceful coexistence with Venezuela and every country in this region.
6: Venezuela doesn't truly have sources of support in its ambitions to take over that territory of of Guyana, whereas Guyana has, seems, international public law on its side, as well as uh, the United States. We absolutely stand by our unwavering
1: support for Guyana's sovereignty.
7: I'm not sure Guyana's standing on its own, to tell you the truth. I think, you know, there are a lot of, we've all seen what happens when Nation sovereignties are challenged and uh, unilateral actions taken. I think the world and outside community have grown pretty sensitive to that. So my expectation is there's more support, more broad, more broad support in the international community to make sure that the right processes are followed to resolve this dispute.
0: Critics also argue that Maduro is playing the Guyana card to win the country's 2024 presidential election. They say Maduro may be trying to distract voters from his country's dire economic situation. Once the wealthiest nation in South America, thanks to its oil industry, Venezuela's economy has collapsed since Maduro took power in
3: 2013. So this has has two purposes for Venezuela. One, uh, for a government which is providing a relatively poor quality of life to its own citizens, It gives them an opportunity to rally around the flag and say, oh, there's more to be had across the border. It allows President Maduro to activate the sort of electoral machinery that he will need for elections in 2024. It gives him a bit of a dry run on mobilizing his constituencies. It also gives him a a way to, uh, to position himself for the presidential election in 2024 by saying, I'm the one who fights for Venezuela. But it is a very thin legal claim and I think it's going to be an enormous strategic mistake by Maduro because Venezuela is trying to reconnect to the international community, regain legitimacy and remain free from sanctions. And there is no better way to organize the entire international community against you than to impermissibly transgress a border with your peaceful neighbor.
1: I wouldn't believe anything Nicolas Maduro said yesterday. He's proven to be a very uh, untrustworthy negotiating partner, particularly with the United States. Back in October, the U.S. came to a deal with Venezuela saying, OK, if you promise to have free and fair elections, we will, in advance of that, we will ease sanctions, and that's what allowed Chevron to get a license, at least for six months, to go back in there and start resuming work. Within two weeks of that agreement, he outlawed the opposition candidate and said that the person couldn't run for office. You know, the Financial Times has written an editorial saying that the U.S. should reimpose the sanctions right away uh, because he's so untrustworthy.
4: We have the international world on our side. there would be very few countries who would approve of what President Maduro and Venezuela have been suggesting and indicating and doing in the last six months or so.
0: U.S. oil giant Exxon and its two partners, Hess and the China National Offshore Oil Company, have discovered more than 11 billion barrels of oil in Guyana since 2015. Guyana's economy has exploded since then. Critics argue that ExxonMobil is reaping the most benefits from this oil bonanza.
6: For many years, there's been uh, controversy surrounding uh, Guyana and Exxon's oil deal, Um, uh, with many critics within Guyana, uh challenging the validity or the soundness of that deal because it's very much to the advantage of exxon
7: it's a a one-sided deal because exxon pays no taxes exxon didn't uh, put up the insurance they're responsible for putting up exxon has a special arrangement where they maximize profit um first they get their profits first and guyana gets theirs later
4: on the question of Whether the arrangement with Exxon is fair or not for Guyana. Uh, I was with it from the very beginning. And maybe that's way, I think it was a fair, I think it is a fair arrangement. It is a production-sharing arrangement.
5: Deals get struck. And sometimes the deals don't always favor you in all of the aspects. And and I think that Guyanese have to embrace that if they want to continue to participate in this broad global setup and to say, how do we ensure that the terms going forward for all the
3: international oil companies, they look for big fines and Guyana is the biggest that anyone has found in a long time. And there may not be other giants, as they're called in the business that are left so it's extremely important and i think that's why um, ucx on mobile play such a high priority not only on the development of the asset but on the development of the country because you know for international oil companies these are 30-year projects they're going to be there for a long time and so if the country doesn't succeed neither do they
2: Guyana is very close to the united states it's close to the gulf of mexico where the united states has a enormous array of refinery and oil and gas uh, refining infrastructure. So a lot of Guyana's oil will go to the United States and potentially could be consumed by the American market. So the United States is in a pretty strong position to benefit from the exploration and expansion of Guyana's oil, both in terms of corporate infrastructure and also in terms of the American economy.
0: On paper, Guyana's sky-high GDP growth looks like the envy of the developing world. However, critics highlight that the country's weak democratic institution and deeply divided politics along ethnic lines could cause Guyana to suffer from the so-called resource curse. So
3: the resource curse is this unfortunate historical circumstance that countries which have significant wealth in a single sector which dominates their economy, tend to have worse development outcomes after the discovery of the resource than they had before.
6: Guyana created the Natural Resource Fund in order to set aside some of the fiscal receipts from the oil sector. It's a precautionary uh, step, really, to avoid having a situation where revenues are just spent as they come in and you end up with a quite an erratic economy as the commodity prices go up and down.
7: I think the fund is being um, it's a very, very poor fiscal choice by the government to put the money in a fund like this and to not have it subject to normal rules of accountability. Um, I'm a former controller of the state of New York, and I managed both a fund. investment funds as well as the fiscal side of a government. This is not how you manage this amount of money unless all you want to do with it is put it into the budget in order to meet the political needs of the party in power.
3: In order for Guyana to avoid the curse, they need to get to the next level. First, they have a natural resource fund, but they need independent management of that fund, as Norway has, to have a long-term view on investment and avoid wasting that money. Second, they need to build government capacity to manage the sector, not only the oil and gas sector, but very large procurements, billions in procurement for roads and infrastructure. And governments don't think it's politically popular to do that. But without that government capacity, accounting, inspectors general, budget supervision, they're going to have a hard time managing that money well. Third, they need to make capital available to Guyanese. As the world tries
0: to move away from fossil fuels, Guyana wants to pump as much oil as possible. The country's enthusiasm for oil production became most evident when officials said they were not interested in joining OPEC, the cartel of oil heavyweights like Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates.
6: For a country like Guyana, um, it's probably not in its interest to join OPEC because it wants to produce as much as it can, as quickly as it can, And that's not the game in OPEC. In in OPEC, uh, it's all about curtailing production to manage the market. So I think a country like Guyana, which is a bit on the margins, it would be more in in its interest to be a bit of a free rider and benefit from OPEC's management of the market without itself having to cut back its production.
5: I think Guyana is essentially uh, wanting to produce as much oil as possible and to capture as much money as possible today. And, And I think she's well within her rights to do that. And, uh, you know, so I would, you know, state it in a very nice way by saying she wants to maintain her autonomy. Fossil
4: fuels will no longer be known, will no longer be commercial, at least. Uh, That by that time, we will be able to have a good life without oil, without the income that comes now from oil. I think we've been working our way through those things and I think we are making good experiences that are good for the world at large.
3: Guyana is one of the few countries in the world which has the opportunity to go from least developed to highly developed in a rapid period of time. And that's because of this major discovery that they've had in oil. By 2035, Guyana might be the fourth largest oil producer in the world. And so they have an opportunity to do what very few countries have ever done before, you know, which is to spend this money wisely and to provide equitable and prosperous development.